the tongs, the theater turn them and find out who wins. Who gets to go home with that glorious ornament? We are your hosts, and we're perfectly suited to be. Because did you know? Neither one of us has ever won anything. Can't be right, Sarah. No, you, no Grammys for you, really? No, no, nothing, nothing. Yeah, no, no, and I'm shocked for you. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, so welcome to today on Broadway for Monday, June 11th, 2018. On Broadway World's Matt Tamanini, the long Broadway marathon is over, and I'm just talking. I'm just talking about Bruce Springsteen's performance. <laughs> I thought it was John Leguizamo's uh, speech. Yeah. One of those was entertaining. The other one was not. I was wondering if um, if a presenter has ever been played off. <laughs> All right. Tell them who you are that we can get oh, into this. I'm sorry. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. So, Matt, what did you do tonight? I did a lot of posting of articles. <laughs> right. my, respons- my responsibility for Broadway World during the 20 Wars was every winner award. I had to uh, hit a little button, make sure that it was all good to go. So there were 26 of those. Then I posted a bunch of videos. So as we talk about this stuff, James, I kind of just peripherally peripherally watched um, a lot of the performances. So I'm going to rely on you for a lot of the performances because I was head down in the newsy side of things during the Tony. So when we get to those, I'll have to get your impressions of a lot of those. Uh, but overall, I think it was a, a wonderful night, despite the fact that I think we went into this evening kind of thinking that a lot of these were foregone conclusions and a lot of them were. And then a lot of people also thinking that this was a terrible season. I thought it was a really fun night and a lot of not necessarily a lot of surprise wins, but a lot of feel good wins. And there were some surprises. So um, let's get into those wins first, James. Let's talk about the winners of the awards. Let's start with the production awards. In Best Revival of a Play, no surprise, went to Angels in America. Best Revival of a Musical, perhaps the biggest upset of the night, once on this island, was given the trophy. Then in the Best Play category, no surprise, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Part 1 and 2. And then Best Musical, The Band's Visit. Three of those four were not surprises. The fourth one, quite a big surprise. And now I guess we have to legitimately recognize Ken Davenport as a... A Tony winner, even though he already had one. But this is for real this time. Uh, let's move. Well, first off, James, did you have any thoughts about any of those, especially once on this island's uh, upset win of of what I thought was going to win My Fair Lady? Yeah, I really thought My Fair Lady was going to win as well. But I, I heard a lot of chattering about uh, Carousel, Carousel, Carousel in the last couple of days. So maybe they split the vote and uh, and once on this island came up on the outside and took it took the prize well in that tony or in that uh, new york times straw poll we remember that it was within four percentage points between uh, my fair lady and once on this island and that as we talked about was not a scientifically you yeah. know accurate poll so it was very close for them and I, I mean i've said this i did not really enjoy myself all that much at either carousel or my fair lady but i really enjoyed myself at once on this island so even though i did not expect my uh, what i did not expect once on this island to win i am very glad that it did 
All right. So let's get to the performance uh, categories here, James. In the best featured actor in a play category, the winner was Nathan Lane from Angels in America. In the corresponding female category, another bit of a surprise here. And this is one where I think we might have seen some vote splitting as Laurie Metcalf won for the second year in a row for Edward Albee's Three Tall Women. I think perhaps because we had Susan Brown and Denise Goff, uh, both from Angels in America and Noma Dumezwini, which... We've got like nine pronunciations of that name now, but that's how they said it on the telecast. I'm going to assume they're right. Um, those the, the, her and then Deborah Finley, the other four were all British transfers. So I wonder if those um, nominees that were up against Laurie split that vote a little bit. And then, of course, Laurie Metcalf is beloved in the theater community. Yeah, I that 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 was an especially hard category. Uh, and with um, with. Uh, uh, shows that were doing very well all evening. So certainly a, a splitting of the category and, and all well-deserved. I, you know, it, it's a, it's a tough pick right there. Yeah. And it's never a bad thing when Laurie Metcalf wins anything, but moving on to the, yeah, featured uh, featured actor in a musical. The winner was Ariel Stachel from the band's visit for best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical. The winner, no surprise, was Lindsay Mendez for Carousel. Moving over to the lead categories, best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Again, the favorite here won Andrew Garfield, as did the favorite in the lead actress in a play category. Uh, former MP Glenda Jackson took home the prize there and gave James, I thought, a, a quite lovely and and warm speech, despite everything we heard from Peter Marks about how rough she can be. Uh, certainly, maybe she was having it a bad day when she spoke to Peter Marks uh, because the uh her her other public uh, utterances have been just charming. Yeah, she was wonderful. All right, moving over to the lead and musical categories. All right, let's go with the one everyone knew was going to win, and that is the actress in the lead or actress in a leading role in a musical went to Katrina Link. But one of these ones that man, this is going to stick in my craw for a while, James, because as much as I love Tony Shalhoub, I just don't understand how he could win the best lead actor in a musical. Trophy. Not that he, I don't think he was wonderful. I thought he was fantastic in the band's visit. Very moving. But for the same reasons that I don't understand how we could have nominated Diane Rigg for featured actress in a musical, Tony Shalhoub does not sing a single note, I don't think, by himself. The only times he sings is is with the ensemble. And I'm not 100 percent sure that his mic is even on. So I, I, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way that he is awarded for a performance where he doesn't sing doesn't dance and yet he was up against people um like ethan slater who i thought deserved to win who was giving a performance that required so many different talents than just acting and i think when you're in a category that's for musical theater there should have to be some musical talent displayed to win i understand your point uh do you know uh kelly gave him the trophy that's that's all you got out of that all I got out of that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, again, uh, we. I, I think maybe we talked about this offline. I don't know if we actually talked about it while we were recording um, this category. Harry Hayden Patton. Um, he was very good in My Fair Lady, and he sang yeah. some of these songs, which is a new thing for Higgins. Uh, <laughs> Josh Henry is just an amazing an amazing talent and i think he was in a uh critically flawed production of carousel 
Um, mm. And Ethan Slater, we talked about, we, we love him. It, this is a very tough category. I could see your reservations about giving the award to somebody who doesn't sing in a musical category, but uh, Tony Shalhoub, I thought, uh, you know, music is not all about, sometimes music is about the silences. Yeah, but he was all silence. There was nothing else. But no, I love Tony Shalhoub. I love yeah. Monk. I love Wings. I love Tony Shalhoub. So this is not necessarily about him. Just that the I I, I kind of feel that he won, giving a great performance, but swept up in the love for the show itself. Because I think if you actually broke it down in performance versus performance. It's hard for me to justify that win. But then again, I'm not a voter. They don't believe in letting media members vote. Not that I would be one because I don't live there. But you know what I mean? So um, any other thoughts, James, about the the winners? Um, Harry, uh, um, uh, the band's visit did win 10 of the 11 categories that it was nominated in. Obviously, the most uh, award-winning musical of the night and production of the night. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Parts 1 and 2 ended up taking home six trophies, the highest uh, awarded uh, straight play of the season as well. So any thoughts about these winners? We didn't really get into the um, uh, kind of the technical awards, but uh, anything else that stood out to you, we will have those in the show notes, obviously. Uh, some of the speeches, uh, Ariel Stachel's uh, speech was just, I, it was I, I, a lot of people were, I'm, I'm sure were choked up about it I, I mean I was talking about uh, not bringing his parents to ceremonies because he was kind of uh, I don't want to say embarrassed but uh, didn't want to uh, talk about his heritage and didn't want to put that on display I mean that's really that's really uh it's amazing that he was able to get up on a stage and win it, win the highest award in in theater t- tonight. And it was a very, very good speech. Um, uh, who was it? Was it John Tiffany saying "Happy Birthday"? Yes, uh, it was John <laughs> Tiffany, and we were talking about this uh, in our Slack channel for Broadway World. At, at first, I said, "Oh, CBS isn't going to like that because uh, they're going to have to pay the royalty on that song." And then everyone else let me know that that apparently exactly. has expired. expired. The copyright has expired, um, and I, you know, of course, that makes one of my favorite episodes of Sports Night now null and void. Uh, but uh, yeah, that used to be big money if you sang that on TV without having the license. But um, that was great, and you know, I think one of the speeches that I really enjoyed as well. Talking about uh, Ariel Stachel's um, in a similar vein was Lindsay Mendez, who is a mm-hmm. beloved Broadway darling for many, many years now to see her win and talk about the fact that when she moved to New York, she was encouraged to change her last name to something like Matthews or something uh, to kind of hide her uh, Latina heritage. And the fact that she she said she obviously didn't do that. And then she encouraged everyone to be their true selves. And sometimes some people will take notice. So uh, congratulations to all the winners. The one thing that did interest me a little bit, James, was the fact that normally we don't get to see uh, the book of a musical uh, award presented on live TV. That was obviously because the name Tina Fey was amongst the nominees. Tina Fey did not win. <laughs> that went to Itamar Moses for the band's visit. I think probably something that a lot of people uh, were disappointed about uh, from the CBS uh, side of things, at least. So you had an important job tonight, as you mentioned at the top of the show, um, you know, uh, pushing a button 
uh, to make it happen over at Broadway World. So there was uh, one person at CBS that also had to push a button a few times this evening. Uh, and of yeah. course, we're talking about uh, little Bobby De Niro, uh, who was uh, introducing, which category was he introducing? He was No, he was introducing Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen. that's right. He was, yeah. he was introducing Bruce Springsteen, and he said something along the lines of, did, did you catch what he said? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I want to say it right now. <laughs> I'll say it and I'll beep it out. Okay. I'm going to say one thing. Fuck Trump. It's no longer w- down with Trump. It's fuck Trump. Yes. That, that's about that's that's yeah. And 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 so <laughs> and I thought to myself, I, I thought to myself, uh, um, wow, uh, is this going to go out over CBS? And uh, evidently it, it didn't. Because uh, many people immediately lit up Twitter saying, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? And then I thought to myself, I wonder if this is going to affect ticket sales for a Bronx Tale. Uh, And then, I don't know, you probably haven't had the opportunity, but I I went over at the end of of the Tony Awards. I went over to TonyAwards.com. And on the message boards there, there's huge flame war between Trump supporters and and nor- and rational people, um, and so uh, it, it is. In <laughs> I I wonder, you know, uh, how this if there's going to be any retribution. Do I remember? No, there's not. There's not. It's yeah. like boycotting Hamilton. Stop it and go no, away. No, no, no. What be- I'm saying oh. is, I some FCC fine or something like that. Oh, well, yeah, whatever. They didn't. I mean, they 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 didn't. I think they bleeped it, so I think they're fine. Um, oh, that's you know, true. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they did everything they were supposed to do. It's live TV. They went as far as they could. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's what's interesting about that is that in years past, we've seen a lot of political statements, and there were very few. I mean, there was a couple yeah. a little things here and there. Tony Kushner mentioned getting out and voting. Um, obviously, some of the allusions, like we said, with Ariel Stashel and some people talking about inclusion and immigration um, and things like that. There was somebody, I don't remember who off the top of my head, uh, talked about um, – uh, people being able to adopt uh, whether they are straight or 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 not um, there was but there was a very little compared to some of the things we've seen in the past so it's interesting that Robert de Niro came out there and and went I mean straight up Robert de Niro and uh, and definitely broke through that barrier <laughs> and made it very political there for a few seconds but it seemed appropriate as he was um, you know, introducing a performance by Bruce Springsteen. Bruce is known for being very uh, political, if not outright, at least subtly in some of his early music, but has gotten more politically active as the years have gone on. And James, I know this is going to be sacrilegious and this might end our friendship, let alone our podcast. I'm going to say this, and this is not just about tonight. This is about everything. I just don't get Bruce Springsteen. I just, I just don't get it. I mean, first that performance was horrendously long, um, especially when we had the person who won uh, the award for best play get cut off. Uh, and then we had to hear that uh, Vulture tweeted uh, <laughs> Vulture tweeted the Tony Award performance of Bruce Springsteen is actually as long as both parts of Amer- Angels in America put together or something to that effect. <laughs> so I know you probably loved it because you're a Bruce fan. But for those of us who are not in that cult, 
it was a little much. I will say to you that I thought it was not well-placed within the Tony Awards and that perhaps they should have done something else. And very often, um, I don't know if... uh, a number of years ago, I can't even remember how many years ago, they had they had clips from nominated plays, and it sure. it, it was terrible. And these were like world class Pulitzer winning plays that were terrible because out of context they just sucked. And yeah. I think that that's what happened with Bruce Springsteen tonight. I don't think that that was a well. My hometown, the song is very slow and dirgy, and that's not what you needed. 1035 1040 or something like that uh after everybody's sitting there for hours and but um i i think i don't think that was the best the best choice but uh, and i think i tweeted this uh uh, this to you was that uh you know if they do make a a play based upon bruce springsteen patrick page should play bruce springsteen because i kept on thinking every time they showed yeah. Bruce Springsteen that it was like Patrick Page. I was like, hey, is that what's Patrick Page doing? No, that's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, no, that's very good. Well, um, I, I tweeted as, as well. It's a good thing he doesn't have to worry about selling tickets because I don't know that that performance did much of that. Um, but talking about these other performances, James, like I said earlier, I didn't really get a chance to watch all of them. Like I watched part of them, but I was working during the performances yeah. and stuff. Um, here's the performances that we had, uh, on the telecast. We had mean girls, my fair lady, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants, carousel. Um, then we had a, uh, performance that was actually not done at the rehearsals it was a kind of a secret performance and matthew morrison came out and introduced students from marjorie stoneman douglas high school and they performed seasons of love from rent um then we had uh frozen and then we had the in memoriam section uh, segment which was uh performed by the cast of dear evan hansen then we had uh, summer colon the donna summer musical once on this island the band's visit and then bruce um anything out of those performances james anything st- st- stick out to you as being exceptional from what i saw and what i heard they seemed very fine to me yeah uh uh the mean girls the, the mean girls thing that was the first uh the first number up uh first presentation of, of the best musicals uh i thought was it was the opening number and it was fine it 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 didn't really i don't think it sold any tickets there uh, the My Fair Lady showcase, which was really the Lauren Ambrose showcase, and then they stuck yeah. in, uh, <laughs> and they stuck in, uh, get me Norb. to church on time and and, Nor- and Norbert, um, and then uh, cut to uh, Bart Scher sticking his tongue out or something like that. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> well, I, you know what I think it was. I, I think he was a little disappointed. I think Norbert dropped um, a couplet there. I think there were two lines of lyrics that Norbert dropped um, while he was, I don't know, excited and maybe not. But I, I, it sure seemed like he dropped a couple lines there. <laughs> the SpongeBob SquarePants thing I thought was adorable the way they opened it up I, with Ethan. Yeah, I think that was the, my favorite performance of the night. Not even I'm not even talking about the Gavin Lee part. I thought no, my favorite just, performance yeah. was just Ethan coming out and doing that, yeah. um, you know, uh, bikini bottom day modified for the performance. I thought that was the most interesting thing of the night, uh, which is probably not a good thing considering it's not actually in a show. And then they had the carousel thing, the blow high, blow low, which was my least, least, oh my least gosh. favorite okay. part of carousel. 
can we can we talk about this? And I I should give credit where credit's due, but I don't have it in front of me. The interval retweeted it. So if you um, want to check out the actual tweet I'm talking about, go back to the interval's uh, timeline and look for this tweet. Um, but the, it was effectively to the point of how apropos is it that Carousel of all shows has three women nominated for performance awards during the Tonys and not a single woman appeared during their Tony awards performance. How, I mean, that's just so carousel. Um, and, and it just seems like such a bad choice. Like I understand why you want to do one of the dance heavy numbers, but uh, you know, we're not doing June is busting out all over or, you know, um, you know, one of the other songs that actually has most of the company, it, it just seemed like that was a poor choice, especially when we saw things like um, Mean Girls and SpongeBob and Frozen uh, and, and Summer go out of their way to get as many of the ensemble members in as possible, as many of the leads in as possible to try to show a great cross section of the company in the show with carousel we saw them just stick with one section of the show's cast and then they actually the rumors are that they actually went out and hired other ballet dancers to come in and, and fill out that huge radio city stage so that left a really bad taste in my mouth um, after seeing that performance which is I guess appropriate because the show itself uh, had some bad feelings uh, for me after I saw it, despite some of the uh, really, really fantastic individual performances. I found the tweet. It's uh, Emily uh, at the E-M-L-E-A. I said none of the Tony nominated women performed at the, the at Tony Awards. The true message of Carousel rears its head. Uh, hashtag Tony 2018 at the interval NY. So that is a really, really good point, especially following up on the, uh, the discussion that you had with, uh, the editor over the interval with yeah, Victoria, the, Victoria over at the, uh, omnibus, uh, episode, which everybody should take a download and listen to Matt. You just did a bang up job with that. That was, it was hey, incredibly great. That was fun. So, um, yeah, so the uh, blow high, blow low. I think was you know, I, I would have done it blew. something else. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. You got me there. So uh, next was the frozen thing, which I felt was really disjointed, and you know, it felt like it felt like a medley, and those those things often feel disjointed. Yeah. And uh, so we got to see Patty and we got to see Casey and uh, they did for the first time in forever and let it go. Well, and Casey, she got a little uh, she got a little riffy on some of those. I mean, she yeah. she does. She does more riffs in the show than Adina did. But she did a little extra. Um, she was she was given a little extra Tony Awards juice on that one. And I, I, I'm here for it. I uh, I've made no secret about the fact that I liked that show a lot more than a lot of other people did. Um, but I, I was all for her going uh, a little above and beyond the call of duty for the Tony Awards. Then we had the um, once on this island. Um where it was very interesting the way that they did that. And I'm glad that they did it the way that they did to kind of bring down that huge stage and, and, yeah. and, and make it more intimate. And I think it really, it really worked that, that uh, showing of it. And, and then uh, I'm not sure why they brought a goat down to Nathan Lane, but 
Nathan Lane, uh, Patrick, our, our friend uh, uh, Patrick Hines over at Theater People Podcast, he tweeted something along the lines of Nathan Lane is not the person you go to if you want audience participation. You know, <laughs> it's just like, although him and the goat might have similar personalities. Uh, Nathan's funnier. But other than that, um, yeah, but I thought it was great that I d- actually did really enjoy that one. Um, and that was probably if I'm being honest and not you know, being sarcastic yeah. with the SpongeBob thing. I think that was my favorite performance. And another thing that I don't believe we talked about, um, a lot of the people on the stage that got to be a part of that performance were actual aid workers um, who go out to um, places devastated by natural disasters. And the production brought them to be their onstage audience, um, which, if you've seen the show, plays very much into the framing device for that's there with Once on This Island. Um, and then obviously the actual plot with the hurricane and the flood itself. So um, kudos to them. I know we give uh, Ken Davenport a lot of crap on this show and most of it is 1000% deserved. Uh, but I think he and and Michael Arden uh, made really good decisions on how to do this Tony performance. Absolutely. This was the uh, the most effective presentation of and uh, commercial for, the, for their show. Absolutely. Uh, they did a bang up job there with that. Uh, then came the band's visit, uh, where they did Omar Sharif, uh, which was basically a love letter to Katrina Link, uh, and which was awesome. I love it. Yeah, she's, she's great. And, uh, um, I saw another tweet and it might've been from, uh, Linda Buckwald, who's a drama desk nominator and a, and a journalist, um, as I'm scrolling through, um, real quick, if I can see if I can find it, but. Um, either way, she basically said, oh, here it is. Um, almost every single person I've spoken to, regardless of sexual orientation, has fallen in love with Katrina Link after seeing the band's visit. So it is smart to showcase her magnetism on national TV. A cosign. Yes. Retweet. Um, nothing I could say would be better than that because she is absolutely magnetic when you see that show. And and, and I hope that that translated well to television um, because she is a star already for us in the Broadway community after the last two seasons. But I think her star is, is just now beginning to shine in a much, much wider way. So our hosts, Josh yes. and Sarah, uh, I uh, thought they were great. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, I think CBS and the producers need to go ahead and sign them up for 2019. I mean, I, I look, I love James Corden. I love Neil Patrick Harris. I like Hugh Jackman as a host, um, and I would be fine if either of those gentlemen uh, came back in the coming years. However, there was just something um, adorably perfect about Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles being, you know, they're they're theater people because they have, you know, Broadway credits now. And, you know, uh, Sarah Bareilles is now a two time Tony nominee uh, as a composer and she's been on stage. So they are theater people. But there was something very appropriate about the fact they're still somewhat outside of the community, even though they've got one foot in, especially in a year where they were highlighting that hashtag Broadway dreaming talking about people who um love theater from their childhood and maybe it's not the thing that they pursued as a career but they had them send in all those pictures i thought it was perfect that these two people who are stars in the pop world um were kind of just self-deprecating and funny and 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 from the first note yeah they were perfect the the opening number two pianos i mean they are just ridiculously talented yeah. and 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 to open open on two pianos and to sing 
the loser song and <laughs> and to talk about you know <laughs> they were like have you ever won a thing i've never won anything have you ever won it i never yeah how is that possible how has neither yeah. of them ever won a grammy that's ridiculous <laughs> so that is, i thought that every time that they came out there's this uh sort of uh it's just great great chemistry we got to get them somebody's got to write a Seriously. show do you think either one of them knows somebody who can write a show you know? <laughs> Seriously, and well, then the Sarah Bareilles joke, the uh, how to get to Broadway, you know, write a show starring and things like that. Wasn't that used before? I sort of remember that joke, but maybe I got. I it don't remember. I I must have. I might. Have, I vaguely remember that joke, but I was probably doing something else at the time, so I don't remember it. But yeah, I think these two are these two are great. And what what I thought was interesting about this, this is the first time in many many years of any awards show, let alone the Tonys, where there wasn't a host segment where I was like, seriously, they're doing this now. Let's just get to the awards. They kept them mostly short um like like the one at the end the where they were wearing the flip-flop costume yeah Yeah. like that was a sight gag and and josh threw in the really funny line about you know after de niro we had to do something to kind of get the attention and that was it they didn't go on to do some weird song and dance halfway through the show that kind of dragged things along they had the one song um halfway through the eight times a week thing which was great you know to see as chandelier and they were wearing these really goofy gold costumes which i just thought were added on to the dorkiness they looked great sarah Bareilles had about 19 costume changes and looked gorgeous and <laughs> all of them um so i'm all for them um doing this next year whether it's solo or together um you know because obviously their schedules are crazy but um, i thought they were wonderful i really really enjoyed it understated self-deprecating and and, and perfectly um, appropriate as far as i'm concerned Oh, you know, I just saw something in my notes I didn't mention before was the uh, Amy Schumer introduction of Carousel. Or, no, My Fair Lady, excuse me. Amy Schumer introduced <laughs> My Fair Lady. Did yeah. you? <laughs> I loved Higg- it. Henry Higgins is a mansplaining expert. I, uh, I was rolling. She was so, so funny and so on point about, you know, we, we talked about this a year before they came to Broadway. Mm-hmm. We talked about... Yeah, Carousel and My Fair Lady being uh, things that, you know, may may no longer be, you know, appropriate to do. But uh, and the jury is still out on on how how successful they are at explaining um, their, you know, these stories without being misogynistic. So it was it was very, very good. And, you know, I was kind of surprised that we didn't really use Amy Schumer um, a, a, a lot in, in well, this whole Tony season, because obviously she, her show's closed and she's off to another things. But she's one who I didn't I didn't see Meteor Shower. She was obviously nominated. I don't know how much of that had to do with her name. But she's one who I would love to see not only back on Broadway, but I would love to see what she could do in writing a play for Broadway. The the her TV show where she wrote sketches. I mean, revolutionary as far, as far as I'm concerned. But then her work as writing films has been really great, too. It's not been the exact same kind of stuff you would see in a Broadway play. But I would be very, very interested to see what type of stuff that she could do um, on a Broadway stage. Because the stuff that she did for Inside Amy Schumer was brilliant and deep and poignant. And I don't think people really think about that with her because they just kind of think of her as being the you know crass, loudmouth. But she is – 
brilliant. And I don't say I don't mean that just in terms of talent. I mean that literally she is brilliant. And so I would like to see her do a little bit more uh, and hopefully having a taste as a Tony nominee will we'll get her back here uh, on the board sometime again in the future. And uh, then we had uh, Rachel Bloom doing the backstage uh, couple of. I'm glad you brought segments. this up. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. What do you guys say? So did you see the tweet from Neil Patrick Harris? I did not. And I was wondering where NPH was tonight. Well, I, we actually had a picture of his husband, David Burka, on the mm-hmm. red carpet. But So it was weird that uh, David was there and Neil wasn't. David, of course, is a Broadway vet in his own right, played Tulsa in the Bernadette Peters revival of Gypsy. Um, but Neil Patrick Harris tweeted, who is the woman in the top hat backstage at the Tony Awards? Gideon his son mentioned that she says like and oh my god a lot i'm confused dot 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 rachel bloom then replied to neil patrick harris and said i'm a big fan of yours we've met numerous times and my husband dan (laughs) greger wrote for how i met your mother for five years notably he wrote the episode where your character finally meets his father so that was awkward um uh, there were some people uh linda holmes from npr's pop culture happy hour she said that she immediately thought it was a joke like how could neil patrick harris not know who rachel bloom was Mm -hmm. it doesn't read like a joke to me um i haven't followed up because like we've been busy and we started recording right away so i didn't see if neil deleted that or apologized but it didn't seem like a joke and that was super awkward and i don't like awkward but that was a little weird so uh you know scott feinberg um yep he was uh, one of my sources for the uh for the winners during commercials because he was getting those things out as quickly as possible Scott Feinberg over at The Hollywood Reporter also has an awesome podcast that you should check out if you do not know who he is. Uh, talking about the missing Scott Rudin tonight. Uh, did not mm. show up at Edge, did not show up at the Tony Awards. Something really is going on uh, with Scott Rudin. And uh, I don't know more about it, but Scott Feinberg is going to find out and he's going to let us know and <laughs> we'll he- let you know. Did he tweet something or was that an article, did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, it was he tweeted it. Scott Feinberg okay. tweeted it. That's really interesting. So if Carousel would have won, they, I wonder who would have given saying that. Is, yeah, they were saying if Carousel had won, they didn't know what was going to happen tonight. Uh, but at the last minute, Scott didn't show up for the Tonys. Well, I, I heard he wanted uh, – carousel to perform on the stage of the imperial but they wouldn't let him so uh hmm. no i like i'm not i but I'm the other aspect going... is is that how many times tonight did people shout out scott rudin from the stage a lot yeah you know, a lot er, scott rudin is you know the producer on broadway right now yeah yeah and you know jordan roth got a lot of shout outs as well um joe yeah. mantello got a lot of mm-hmm. shout outs i'm um, even from Lindsay mendez who was an inner show directed by Joe Mantello, but about Scott Rudin, I mean, he's, we talk about it a lot here. He's an incredibly divisive person, um, on Broadway. He is somebody who does things his own way. And, um, many times that upsets other people. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions as to why he might not have been there or what Scott Feinberg may or may not have been trying to allude to. I am not going to do that. Um, but there are many, many people in the Broadway community who, love Scott Rudin and uh, despite his prickly exterior. So if he wasn't there, I, I hope he's well, I hope he's not ill. Um, and if there is something a little bit more going on beneath the surface that we do not yet know about, I suppose that we will know about it in due time. Um, but I'm not going to jump to any conclusions on that 
subject matter until it is public. So finally, um, you know, it, it's uh, the show's not been finished. Uh, the show's uh, the Tony Awards have not been finished for more than an hour. I mean, it's less than an hour. It's, we're still. Yeah you know, 45 minutes away from the end of the Tony Awards. So we don't know anything about the ratings, but what is interesting about the ratings is that there's no major NBA final right now. There's no major last episode of a television series like The Sopranos or something like that. This seems to have been the only major thing on television tonight, so I don't know how it will do. But also we didn't have a runaway Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen hype major thing. The band's visit is very understated. Uh, I, I think it's going to be bad. Um, I, 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 just because for the th- one of the things we always talk about is that television ratings go down every year. They literally go down every year um, just because more people are, are cutting their cords and then there's more channels. There's more things to watch. So you're, you're right. There's no NBA finals uh, tonight, but there's no Hamilton. There's not even a Dear Evan Hansen. So I'm, I'm thinking that this uh could be not so much of a banner year for CBS and i hope that doesn't reflect badly on sarah and josh uh because i just i just don't think that the tony's hosts or anybody performing at the tony's is really going to get people to watch the tony's who wouldn't already watch the tony's um i think it has to be something bigger and transcendent and i don't think that's going to be your tony's hosts hmm all right. So, uh, Matt, tell everybody what's happening this week. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is happening this week. <laughs> Nothing is happening. There is some. Yeah, there, there's a there's a little bit of uh, of news here. And I have some stories that I was going to mention, but the, we had so much to cover, cover in the Tonys. Um, a couple things here. Newsies is coming back to uh, uh, to movie theaters this summer. In July, you'll see that. And Marion Elliott did not win a Tony for directing uh, Angels in America, but she is getting an order of the British Empire. So uh, she's got something. And another thing, James, that we're going to have to keep an eye out for Forbes, um, the public, our friend Mark Hirschberg over at Forbes, published an article last week that seems to indicate that the Palace Theater renovations are going to be happening beginning in September, which means that whether or not uh, SpongeBob, you know, gets a bump from its Tony's performance or not, that it would have to find a new home because they are going to be raising that palace theater. And what's interesting is, is their renovated renderings of what the palace theater will look like has Hamilton plastered all over it. So I don't know what that's all about. I'm still (laughs) suspect as to whether or not um, this palace theater renovations will ever happen. But can I, I can I do a Clio here? Go for it. So they will push back their renovations to beginning in January. SpongeBob will play through January and go out on a national tour. Then the renovations will happen. That's what you're. That's what you're predicting. Yeah. All right. Do you have any inside information on that, or is that a straight up prediction? Okay. Straight up prediction. Uh, okay, that was a that was a really long pause there, Miss Cleo. Uh, but yeah, I who knows? Uh, I I we're fans of SpongeBob here, and uh, was disappointed that it wasn't a little bit more recognized. Uh, I predicted two of its performers would win. Neither of them did. So. Uh, Whatever. But anyway, if there is any breaking news that comes up this week, maybe shows announcing um, or anything major, uh, James and or I will jump back on and, and put something here in the podcast feed. Otherwise, we ain't doing nothing. 
That's right. So we're going to take the rest of the week off. Uh, and perhaps if something crazy happens, we'll jump back in and do a quick ep- quick episode of Today on Broadway sometime this week. But uh, this week on Broadway, uh, next Sunday, a week from, uh, a week from now, uh, Peter, Michael, and I will talk in depth about uh, our feelings about the Tony Awards and what has happened in the period transpiring since. So... Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting your week off with us. We'll be back next week unless something crazy happens. So we'll talk to you then. It's time now to see now. Go to the store.